happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, everybody. Welcome to It Could Happen Here. My name is Shireen, and today, as usual, I have a very serious topic to talk about. Today, I wanted to talk about corn. Yes, corn, the food. I think corn gets a really bad rap these days. A starchy carb. Oh, no. High fructose corn syrup. Get away from me. But like, actually, that shit is not good for you. So do eat it in moderation, if at all. But corn itself shouldn't be made into a death syrup in the first place. Corn isn't supposed to be eaten this way. It's meant to be eaten just as it is, or rather how it has come to be because of human intervention, which is delicious. I am obsessed with corn. My entire family is obsessed with corn. Corn, boiled sweet corn in particular, is one of the most popular street foods in the Middle East and Syria. Street vendors have handfuls, dozens of corn cobs boiling in these giant cauldrons at the side of the road, and the smell is intoxicating. Every time my family and I were in Syria, my uncle would stop by a vendor and grab bags full of corn for us. Like, it was right after getting picked up from the airport, our first stop, always. Then we'd usually put the corn in the biggest pot my grandmother had and boil them fresh. And again, the smell, you guys, it would fill up the entire apartment and it smelled so good. The corn would be steaming hot and we'd move the couch in the living room in order to make room for the table that we can all eat on and gather around and we would devour the corn. We would go to town. And in my thoughts about corn that I have quite often, I started wondering about how exactly did corn become a street food? Because it's a street food in many cultures. Elote is one that comes to mind. That is the most popular, I believe. But I wanted to know why and how. How did it become 
so popular as street food? That's what I wanted to find out. And I did. Kind of. I ended up learning a lot about the history of corn and how exactly it ended up being in practically everything we eat. And that was fascinating to me. So maybe you'll find it fascinating too. Today, corn is one of the world's most important crops. That is not news. Obviously, we eat corn and it can also be turned into flour and syrup. It's fed to livestock, it's transformed into ethanol, and it can even be used to make plastic. More than 1 billion tons of corn are produced around the globe every year, and corn yields more than 6% of all food calories for humans. Which is a big percent, even though 6 is a small number. Let's talk about the history of corn. Corn as we know it today would not exist if it weren't for the humans that cultivated and developed it. It is a human invention, a plant that does not exist naturally in the wild. It can only survive if planted and protected by humans. Relatable. Scientists believe that people living in central Mexico developed corn about 10,000 years ago. Apparently, civilization got off to a slow start in Mexico, lagging about 5,000 years behind civilization in what historians call the, quote, fertile crescent of the Middle East. Hugh Itlis, a University of Wisconsin professor of botany, thinks this delay can be blamed on the differences in plants. He said the New World civilization developed slowly because the basic food crop first cultivated in Mexico was corn. He said the process of deriving corn from wild plants was maybe 50 times more complex than the development of wheat and other crops in the Middle East. Itlis said agriculture in the Old World started 10,000 years ago with the sowing of wild plant seeds. With time, farmers selected grains with seed pods that didn't shatter as easily and that could be easily gathered and stored. And humans got plenty of lessons from animals too. He said the early Old World farmers probably learned from golden hamsters and other little seed-gathering mammals that lived in the area, and they learned this way to hoard seeds over the winter. What's kind of fucked up about that, though, is that Itlis said these humans may have even dug out some of the hamster seed stashes and taken those seeds from the hamsters. Rude. But in comparison, the New World farmers did not have it so easy. There were no plants well-suited to agriculture, and no seed-hoarding mammals to learn from. The only potential grain the New World people had to work with was an unpromising mutant plant derived from the plant called teosinte. It took five, six, maybe seven thousand years for this plant to evolve into an integrated, food-producing plant. Teosinte is a wild grass, and it looked very different from our corn today. The kernels were small, and they were not placed together like the kernels we see on a modern ear of corn. Honestly, I found it uh, kind of unsettling and disturbing, if you wanted to look that up. To each their own. And surprisingly, the original Teosinte plant can still be found today, but only in one three-acre area of the Jalisco region of Mexico. Itlis said the plant is absolutely useless. Teosinte seeds have a steel-hard outer covering. And these seeds were virtually inedible, except when they were green. Also, the Teosente plant only had 6 or 12 kernels on each tiny ear. Itlis said that the first step in the development of corn as we know it today involved a, quote, catastrophic sexual transmutation, his words, that converted the tip 
of some male tassels into the uniquely monstrous many-ranked ears, also his words, that are now the edible female ears of corn. I did not know I've been eating female corn this whole time, but this is what researching a podcast can do. After this complex transformation, farmers then had to select mutant Yosente plants that were more edible and easier to cultivate. These changes were much more complex than the changes that made old world plants useful. Modern agriculture continues to tinker with corn and Yosente. It was said that plant breeders today are crossing the two plants together to derive perennial or enduring long-lasting corn that would not have to be planted each year and that would be resistant to viruses. Steve Price is a biotechnology researcher for the Standard Oil Company of Ohio, and he said that with genetic engineering techniques, it might take five years rather than 5,000 years for contemporary humans to make a better corn plant this time. From Mexico, corn spread north into the southwestern United States and then south down the coast to Peru. In Mexico, squash cultivation began 10,000 years ago, but corn had to wait for natural genetic mutations to be selected for in its wild ancestor Teosinte. While corn-like plants derived from Teosinte appear to have been cultivated at least 9,000 years ago, the first directly dated corn cob dates to only around 5,500 years ago. As corn reached North America, it cultivated sunflowers, and this is also when potato started growing in the Andes region of South America. About a thousand years ago, as indigenous people migrated north to the eastern woodlands of present-day North America, they brought corn with them. So when Europeans like Columbus, friend of the show, made contact with people living in North and South America, corn was a major part of the diet of most native people. When Columbus, quote-unquote, discovered or just like bumped into America, he also discovered corn for his people. Because up to this time, people living in Europe did not know anything about corn. In 1493, Christopher Columbus returned to Europe with apparently a pocket full of corn seeds, among other things. He learned a lot during his travels to the New World. He killed indigenous people and uh, stole their land, etc., But being exposed to this new grain he was unfamiliar with seemed promising agriculturally for Europe. It was unfamiliar. It was delicious. It was, as Columbus romanticized at the time, quote, affixed by nature in a wondrous manner and in form and size like garden peas. And it could, to Korn's credit, if Europeans learned to farm it properly, help feed a lot of people. The only problem was that Columbus had left behind a fairly important bit of information about said corn. He didn't take back the knowledge of how to process it. Betty Fussell is the author of, quote, The Story of Corn, which chronicles corn's several thousand year history. She says it might sound innocuous, but the history of corn probably changed the course of humanity. According to her, the old world is a wheat culture. Do you know what else is a wheat culture? Ads. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Okay, so over the next few hundred years, most of Europe grew to misunderstand corn rather than embrace it. Meanwhile, across the Atlantic, corn endured a different fate. It thrived and eventually found its way into the very center of the American diet. Until the 1800s, corn was eaten mostly by the poor. It was a cheap and prolific crop, consumed by farmers and fed to prisoners and used also as a commodity. As Michael Pollan wrote in his 2006 book The Omnivore's Dilemma, corn was both the currency traders used to pay for slaves in Africa and the food upon which slaves subsisted on during their passage to America. But then came the Industrial Revolution, and with it, three essential technologies that helped corn thrive from being just the grain for poor people to being the grain for all people, consumed by everyone. The first invention was an iron plow, which allowed farmers to sow deep into the soil on much larger scales. The Midwest was planted with corn on a commercial basis precisely because of the iron plow, which although it seems pretty simple, was a revolutionary tool. Two other advancements had an equally large effect, even though they touched corn production more tangentially. Fusel said that, quote, one of the most important boons for corn might have been that the commercial farms in the Midwest grew up at the same time as the canneries and railroads. Until then, corn was mainly distributed locally, but trains helped move the grain far beyond just county limits, and along with the advent of canning, it meant that corn could keep for much longer. This allowed farmers to grow corn and other crops with hundreds of thousands of mouths in mind. In the coming decades, the amount of land dedicated to corn grew incredibly quickly. But it wouldn't be for another 50 years until corn actually made its way to the center of the American diet. Corn is what Fusel calls a genetic monster, because it's highly adaptable and easily manipulated. And there is perhaps no better example of its mutant-like qualities than what happened shortly after the turn of the 20th century. 
In the 1920s and 1930s, scientists discovered a way to boost corn production to a level that was previously unthinkable. They bred hybrid strains that had larger ears and could be grown closer together, which allowed farmers to produce a lot more corn without needing more land. This discovery, along with the introduction of new industrial fertilizers and more efficient farm tools like tractors, led to a huge increase of corn output. Paul Roberts wrote in his 2009 book, The End of Food, that in the following decades, the number of bushels of corn per acre doubled, and then it continued to rise each year. Corn yields have risen ever since then, with only brief interruptions due to sporadic droughts. But these interruptions are easily countered with further engineered corn. Advancements in farming technology and science paved the way for corn's ascent into the American food system. But the main reason that corn has made its way into just about everything we eat and every food that Americans eat today is that, above all, it is inexpensive. Corn has and always will be cheap because it grows everywhere in the world. The most incredible thing about the corn grown in America today is how little of it we actually eat. This does not include people like me and my family, who are obsessed with corn and eat it regularly, and also Sophie, who I know shares this corn obsession. But less than 10% of the corn used in the United States is directly ingested by humans. The bulk is either turned into ethanol for use as fuel, or fed to the hundreds of millions of animals that we subject to the factory system. Corn is fed to cows, chickens, pigs, and even fish! I had no idea. Apparently fish are given these little pellets that are largely made of corn, so it's everywhere. The relative cheapness of corn and general usefulness of it as a form of energy, both for living animals and living more generally, have proved important enough that the government subsidizes its production to the tune of some $4.5 billion each year. The result is perpetuation of ambitious growing goals. Farmers, realizing the more efficient they are, the more money they will get, grow more and more corn. The more corn there is, the lower its price, and the greater the incentive is to use it in as many ways as possible. I want to talk now about the different varieties of corn, but first, do you know what else has variety? All the ways you can spend your money. Um, like these. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit tomboyx.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let's talk about the different varieties of corn. There are many types, but the most commonly eaten forms can be divided into three general categories. The first is sweet corn. Sweet corn is what Americans usually eat when they eat corn on the cob or when they throw corn on the grill at a barbecue that you didn't want to go to. And this sweet corn accounts for only about 1% of the corn grown in America. Then there is flint corn. Flint corn has a soft center and harder outer shell, which most people know as popcorn. It became popular in the 1960s after Jiffy Pop, which cooked the kernels in aluminum foil on the stovetop, was introduced, and its popularity rose further in the 1970s and 1980s, shortly after the introduction of the microwave. Today, much like sweet corn, flint corn accounts for a steady but comparatively insignificant portion of the U.S. corn crop. And then there's dent corn, aka field corn, the most important kind of corn when it comes to production of it. Not when it comes to me eating it because I cannot do that. But dent corn accounts for the vast majority of corn grown in America today, as well as the vast majority of the corn Americans eat just not on purpose. It's in most of the beverages we drink, surprise, surprise, because of high fructose corn syrup. And this is derived from flint corn and is the most commonly used commercial sweetener, aka death syrup. It's in most animals people eat because it's fed to most animals that are raised for slaughter. It's even in our cheese because many cows are fed corn instead of being able to graze on grass. All of this makes corn virtually inseparable from the American diet. Betty Fussell says that people have this kind of nostalgic understanding of corn. They think of corn on the cob and popcorn. But the truth is that field corn is what we are really talking about when we talk about the dominance of corn in the United States. It's in almost every product in the supermarket today. That's no exaggeration. But obviously, corn cannot be contained. American-style processed food, which almost always relies on corn, has been popularized in countries all around the world. Let's go back to Mexico, the birthplace of corn as we know it. How exactly did corn become such a popular street food? Mexican food is quite often literally built upon the tortilla, which is a lot of the times made of corn. The tortilla is a vehicle by which the country's most popular foods are eaten, enchiladas, quesadillas, tacos, tamales, I can list food forever. Although wheat flour has grown in popularity here in the United States, 
which is actually the technical home of the burrito, apparently. In Mexico, it's all about the corn. Mexico City is frequently praised as one of the most significant cities on earth in terms of street food. Street food is referred to as antojitos in Spanish, which means little cravings, which I find very cute. Street dishes count corn as a near-universal ingredient. And sometimes, of course, it doesn't have to be processed to achieve its highest potential. Elote is perhaps the most recognized example, which is, for those not in the know, a full ear of corn that is grilled and slathered with a variety of toppings like butter, chili powder or tahine, mayonnaise, and cotija cheese, among many other things. The final product, elote, is served on a stick, providing an easy means for mobile consumption. Another common corn street food is esquites, a Mexican sweet corn salad. Although its true origin is not known, according to Nahuatl stories, esquites are credited by being created by a god, a deity, with a name I cannot say or pronounce, but it is long and looks cool, but I won't try to say it. But this god is also credited with creating Mexican corn jelly. Corn. It's from the gods. Literally. As for me, there isn't some magical history of corn in the Middle East. I looked, I searched, I tried to find something, and I couldn't find one. No magical, mystical history of my beloved corn. Like most things I have questions about, I asked my mom. And my mom said that when it's in season, street vendors sell corn. That's it. The same goes for other street foods that are popular in the Middle East, which you might find interesting, which is cactus fruit or the prickly pear. But no, corn is magical, but it's only magical to me. And just because it's magical to me doesn't mean it is actually magical. And through researching for this episode, I have learned that. So what I'm saying is this episode has shattered my naive childhood dreams about a magic land of corn, but a job's a job and someone has to do it. So that's it. Goodbye. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. 
Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.